Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? Jaime and I are together on this episode, but this is actually an interview with a couple of people from MediaTek. If you have been following us for the last week or so, you know that we went to the MediaTek Summit, where we got a number of announcements for processors that are across many different categories of tech. Not only the Dimensity 9000 for mobile, but also the Pentonic 2000 for smart televisions. And those are the things that we talk about in this interview. We have the Vice President of Corporate Marketing, Dr. Finbar Moynihan, who's here to talk a little bit more generally about the brand, but of course give us some insight into the Dimensity 9000 and the grander strategy behind these processors for these multiple forms of tech. And then we also have Alfred Chan, the Vice President of Product Marketing of the TV Business Unit. He's here to talk about smart TVs and how the Pentonic 2000 is really going to bring some high-end experiences to the smart TV market. Very exciting stuff, especially with that smart TV SOC. It's pretty awesome that we get to see something like that inside of a television. With all of that said, let's get into this interview with our buddies at MediaTek. Enjoy. I think it's important to start by pointing out that MediaTek is like the best kept secret when it comes to a lot of companies. Uh, Our top of mind two years ago was that you made processors for like mid-range phones, maybe the budget phones and whatnot. And then we realized that that's not even the tip of the iceberg. So uh, can you tell us more about your story and how many kinds of products you actually do support? Good question, Josh. I guess as the the head of corporate marketing, it's my job to make sure we're not the best kept secret and actually get the the story out there. But um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, MediaTek's obviously um, had a phenomenal run over the last couple of years. Um, We talk about our rise to success, a rise to incredible. Um, And really, we've seen tremendous growth in, in a huge different amount of areas. I think what people don't realize is how much of the smart edge connected devices that we power out there, whether it's not just smartphones, digital TVs, which I know we're going to talk more about today, uh, tablets, Chromebooks, IoT devices, um, all kinds of smart connected devices, right? And we've seen growth in all of those areas over the last year or two. Um, tremendous growth in mobile with the transition from 4G to 5G. But even, you know, all of our other business segments have seen growth that's ahead of the semiconductor industry growth uh, over the last couple of years. Um, I think we've continued to invest significantly in you know connectivity technology communications technology multimedia technology and these are fundamentally really at the core of all of these consumer devices and all of the increasing levels of connectivity and and multimedia experiences that people expect from these devices so i think it's it's that which has enabled mediatek to fuel the devices and our success in some of these other areas. Yeah, it still feels like uh, a big surprise whenever we have a product that we're looking at and then someone from either your team or someone that we know is just like, yeah, there's a MediaTek chip in there. I was like, oh, this one too? And <laughs> this one as well? Well, I'm glad we still have the capacity to surprise you guys every now and then. <laughs> I, know, I got on my Peloton and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, we like to torture you too. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing. we I think we started an active relationship with MediaTek two years ago, pretty much, probably three. And, uh, okay, so 2021, I mean, two years ago, your I think your, was it your revenue or profit was uh, $8 billion. 2020 was $10 billion. And now we're talking $17 billion. It, I mean, care to share, like, what drove all this, like, dramatic growth? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, yeah, our CEO was talking at this event. He was, um, he described that fact that, yeah, we've doubled revenue in two years from 8 billion to over 17 billion. I think more importantly, we've had 5x uh, increase in our uh, profits in the yes. same period. So like the quality of the, the revenue has been, has been higher. I think a few things drove, drove the success. I mean, and I think a lot of it was 
the investments that we were making in technology and the investments we were making in certain segments prior to 2019 when he first spoke at our, our executive summit. But I think first and foremost, it's the 5G, the 4G to 5G transition. That's been fueling a lot of our growth. We've been in the leading edge of 5G adoption globally. You know, I think we shared we're shipping 5G devices with pretty much all OEMs in the Android space with all operators who've got 5G networks all over the world. And I think this time MediaTek was in the first wave of a new standard adoption. And we were really shipping with the very first devices that we're shipping. So that was kind of, I think, one of the the main drivers. You know, we said our mobile revenue this year is up 100% year over year. I mean, doubling the revenue in mobile is significant. And I think that's driven by, you know, the, the higher tier 5G devices that are shipping in the market today. But beyond mobile, um, as I said, I think then the pandemic really probably fueled demand for a lot of our other businesses, smart TVs, multimedia, gaming, Wi-Fi routers, you know, people were Chromebooks, right? People were, you know, spending time at home, entertaining themselves at home, educating children at home, doing video conferences. So, you know, when you think about all of the kind of things that people have needed over the last, you know, year and a half, two years of the pandemic we power all of those kind of devices. And I think that's really driven the second sort of aspect of the growth over the last two years for us. Well, that 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 wide swath, like the numbers don't lie, but at the same time, it's it's like we were saying before, it's very interesting to always find yet another product that MediaTek powers. Uh, the thing is, we know some of those partnerships. We know of the Amazon ecosystem. I think we're both rocking that paper white right now. Yeah, right? we are. The Kindle, yeah. Yeah, we so are. It's great to see that. And, um, and by the way, this is your first collaboration with the paper white, correct? That is correct, yes. So is this the reason why it actually turns the page at the moment <laughs> that you tap the screen? Oh, man, that's a good point. Wow. Well, I, I mean, I think we would defer to Amazon's capability there. And, and I mean, they make great products, right? So I mean, obviously, you know. we're all very big fans of the, the partnership with Amazon. We actually have a lot of those devices. But then we started to hear a couple of like, maybe rumors, or we're not too sure of maybe Sony earbuds or Beats Audio or anything like that. How much of your portfolio is something that we might not ever even know about? Like how much of your portfolio are we just not going to know about? It's behind the scenes. It's not in the forefront yeah. that MediaTek powers it. Yeah, Kevin made like a big deal of like, yeah, we can't talk about this or we can't talk about that. Well, I mean, you know, we, we talk about the fact that we power, I mean, MediaTek chips power 2 billion consumer electronics devices a year, right? That's a lot of devices, right, across all these different categories. Of course, we're very happy and very proud of the the relationship with Amazon, multiple, multiple tiers. You know, there are certainly products that we can't talk about, right? There are certainly products out there that power devices that just, you know, because of customer confidentiality reasons, we just, we just can't talk about them. So I'm sure there are things out there that you can find that are powered by MediaTek, but, you know, we won't be able to acknowledge that publicly, unfortunately. Well, can I actually follow up that? Actually, uh, this is a, this is a little bit um, something that I thought of a little bit earlier today when we were talking about your various chips, not only Dimensity, but of course the Pentonic and then um, the Companio and all of that. What what I was curious was, um, are you considering all of those like sort of sub brands in a way? Because if you're saying that in some devices they're powered by MediaTek or anything like that, are we going to start seeing that kind of label on? We're going to talk about smart TVs later and Amazon devices, of course. Is that something we can expect moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I think the reason we we introduced these brands or sub brands, I mean, ultimately MediaTek is still the company's yeah. main brand. But the reason we wanted to introduce Dimensity, Phylogic, Companio, Pentonic for TVs was because I think the breadth of our products was sort of just continuing to expand into all these device categories. I think it was confusing for you know people like yourselves who are trying to write about this stuff and 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 talk about this stuff, and even you know 
consumers who are trying to understand it. So what we were trying to do was sort of make it a little easier for people to understand, okay, if it's got this sub-brand, it falls into this category of products or devices, you know, and then to try to make the numbering a little bit simpler so people can kind of understand there's a sort of a tiering of mid, low, high, whatever it might be. So it's a little more intuitive. It's a little more understandable, right? Um, so hopefully it's designed to make life easier for people to understand where our products fit, you know, what categories we play in. I mean, you may see more of these as we introduce new categories of devices. But the intention is really just to kind of make it a little simpler for people to understand the segmentation and then the different categories of products that we support. Let's talk, let's talk smart TVs. And here's the thing. I, we're going to do a little bit of a preamble, and then we're going to talk about your, your new projects right now. It's just five years ago, I would have never recommended a smart TV. Anybody that would come up to me, I would immediately be like, no. Uh, they're clunky. They have proprietary software. Uh, you, it, you're better off with a Fire Stick. Just go buy a Fire Stick. You just connect it on your TV, and you'll get a far better experience. You can cast from your phone. And then I learned that you guys have been powering the Fire Stick since day one. Why were smart TVs so bad in the past? Like, what was it that wasn't just driving like the experience that we have on our phones, for example? What do you think was was the cause of that? Yeah, I think that uh, TV um, applications, um, I think it was uh, sort of like uh, not really materialized five years ago. Um, pandemics change all that. Netflix is the first step moving forward. I mean, people start looking to streaming. Uh, before that, it's all cable box, kind of HDMI, right? right? So the TV is sort of like a monitor. And then people start realizing, oh, you know, I'm locked up in the home with pandemic and I'm going to start streaming, right? Um, so actually, consumers are more aware of you know, hey, I'm going to buy better TVs. And then I am start looking into the contents. And then Netflix has, you know, Adobe Vision, Adobe Atmos. They start worrying about feature sets. And then more applications, you know, um, GPU performance, you know, CPU performance are required by CSP vendors. And oh. they start putting more and more applications, more standard UI interface for Netflix. And that started from all there. And now uh, with Pantonic, you know, today, you see that uh, basically we can enable multiple video applications running in parallel. And that requires tremendous amount of horsepower. Um, this is video applications. This is not even tax. So the state has to remember um, so that when you come back from different video, switch between different video processing, all the, all the graphics, all the, all the video states, you know, huge amount of CPU horsepower required. Well, it, yeah, you, you mentioned 2020, but over the last few years, like we've seen sort of that growth in smart TVs. And now we know you guys power a lot of them. What are the key factors um, for MediaTek in this particular market? What are the key things you're looking to do? Because we have seen an improvement. Like over the past three years, I eventually learned you power what, 85% of the market? I think in TVs, we would probably say it's over 65% of the TV market, probably even higher when it comes to the smart TV market. Right, right. And so I have noticed the change even before Pentonic. Like I was already noticing that I could, like per particularly my biggest problem with like Google TV or Android TV was to be able to jump from one app to the other. And then, again, it's one of the main reasons why I just would not recommend them because if I would, if something, if a button on the smart TV would yank me to Netflix and I was on YouTube, that meant reloading YouTube, refinding where I was, and it was just cumbersome. It was just easier to just grab my phone and just pick what I wanted and cast. And, but 
then I've noticed this like dramatic change. Like I, I've noticed that it's improved. Obviously, Pentonic is is part of the topics that we're going to talk about, but we have seen that roadmap evolve where now I am sitting on my Google TV and I can multitask. I can jump from one app to the other. And the experience has just gotten better. And I, you know, I I one of the main reasons why we wanted to take advantage of you guys being here is like what drove that? Yeah. You know, the the story before Pentonic, like what drove that? Because we have seen them get better, significantly better. So uh, if you look at uh, CPU performance, right? Um, three years ago, CPU performance was not uh, as pervasive uh, as we have like 22 nanometers. We drive CPU performance 2x. GPU performance is also increasing. So you were uh, at 22 nanometers three yeah. years ago. Uh, actually, uh, even uh, more. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, the performance is driven by the CPU. Right. Um, so I think it's very really important. Also, the memories, uh, the memory size also increase. Uh, the memory performance also increase. Uh, DDR3 performance was like 1866. Nowadays, you get 3200. Uh, so that's double. Uh, memory performance, you, you hear about the Micron, the gentleman talk about, right. you know, LPDDR5, you know, 7.2 gig, right? The interactions, the speed, you know, when you try to transfer different states, CPU interactions, graphics performance. Everything you know come into interactivity on on the on the CPU speed uh, and on the TV SOCs. Um, so I think that 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 is important. Also, multitasking operations, you know, Android uh, OS also improved itself on the kernel. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that that is dramatic. Uh, before that, uh, you know, Android was you know single you know single task. Then you go into quad core, try to use the CPU more uh, balanced. Right. Before that, uh, one single CPU was eighty percent. Second CPU was like forty percent. Because uh, there wasn't, you know, real balance in terms of applications. Um, the first application go to mobile, then they start moving to TV. So Android start, you know, hitting reference platform with high and high performance multi-thread operations. So I think that is all great. You right. know, that, that drive that. Right. I think another thing I could add maybe was like one of the things we've seen, you know, over the years we've always sort of, you know, as smart TVs improve and as smart TV adoption continues to take more and more share of the TV market, you know, would we see a decline in the shipments of you know, OTT and TV sticks and stuff. Yeah. And actually we haven't, right? I was about to yeah. ask you that, exactly. We, we, we haven't, right? And, you know, the TV stick business and the OTT business um, has continued to be quite strong and volumes continue increasing year over year. At the same time, you know, our, Alfred probably knows more than me, but the smart TV penetration rate continues to grow higher yes. and higher. And I think one of the things that I think what happened is in the stick, like if you take the Amazon Fire TV stick, right? I mean, it's obviously a very small product. You know, there's a lot of thermal and engineering challenges to to get all of that capability built in there. It probably forced a lot of optimization in the UI experience, you know, and then some of that becomes translated into TVs themselves, right? You saw Amazon is now shipping their own TVs, right? Right. Um, so it's the same operating system, but ported from a stick form factor into the actual TV form factor. So I think it's, it's sort of, they've helped each other probably to improve over the years. But it, it's still interesting the fact that regardless, I, you don't have any space constraints on the TV. <laughs> you do have them on the Fire Stick, and yet I would have a far better experience on the Fire Stick. And then you have the beauty that you could just swap it out. You know, you get a new version, you could still continue using the same TV. Mm -hmm. But obviously that, that, even makes I, I assume that that makes the priority of bringing power to the TV even more important, which I I, I assume is what you're doing with Pentonic, and I, I believe that that was your question. Well, yeah, going into well, even before moving into the actual chip itself, I was curious, and this could be a question for the both of you. Um, since we're moving into the TV space, 
Uh, what are some of the top-level specs that you guys look for in your TVs? I'm always curious to hear what users for their TVs like, because as a gamer, high refresh rate, um, HDR colors, all that stuff. But what are the kinds of things that you look for in your TVs when you when you get them? Well, um, for me, uh, I'm I'm a picture quality guy, so I'm I'm looking at basically uh, how do you use TV table CC that basically actually leverage the panel technology like mm -hmm. quantum dot uh, mini mini LEDs requires very high you know two uh, D dimming zones to get the best contrast. Um, you know what is about Dolby Vision? Uh, how do you ha handle HDR? Uh, HDR10+, Dolby Vision, HLGs. Um, uh, CPU performance is really important, I mean, to me, um, because we want that interactivity. Um, we want to have, you know, graphics UI. You know, when you get into 8K, um, we believe that, you know, I, I, I believe that, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, not just watching video. I think um, TV will have many different applications. Like we talk about Pentonic today, uh, you have this side screens, you know, the main video, you can get a lot more information associated with that. It could be also a communication device for video conferencing applications. So yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, features that multiple window uh, applications, multiple video applications are very important for Pentonic. It's not just 8K video resolutions. My, my eye is a lot less sophisticated than Alfred's <laughs> in this area. And, and I've learned one thing about this business, like it's, it's you almost have to see, the, you know, you have to see things side by side, right? And you do, you're, at least for me, you know, I, it, Picture quality would probably be what I would be driven sure. to, like for watching movies and stuff. Um, but you know, I'm not as well trained as Alfred in this space, right? So you know, I would say something was acceptable until then we'd be side by side at an event or something, and he would show me like the new one. I'm like, oh yeah, now I see it; it's much better. <laughs> right? And then once you've seen the new one, you can't go back. You can't to the go old back. Yeah. Exactly. That's so it's, the biggest. It's like problem. torture. Yeah. Yeah. That that's the biggest problem. Like I remember, I'm talking 15 years ago, where I I tried my first LCD. Mm -hmm. And then I was, I, and I think that that's probably the reason why I struggled so much to adopt newer televisions. Because I remember that move to LCD, and that's when I learned about Hertz. And I learned about Hertz because I was watching Transformers for the first time. And because it was a 60 Hertz TV at the time, mm -hmm. there was no oversampling, there was nothing. All you saw were pixels. And so I had to switch back to a plasma just because there was no refresh rate issues. Mm -hmm. Like it, it was this like weird position where I feel like I'm like, I'm like TVs are going in the right direction, but they're not there. And then I learned that it was not necessarily that. I just had to buy a more expensive TV. <laughs> well, that's the funny part because as a small anecdote, like so for Pocket Now, we both have been working at TVs and whatnot. And then when those would come through, you would be like, yeah, I got the OLED. And then I got the IPS display, and I was just like, I never realized there was a difference. And now I'm yeah. like, of course, Jaime got the LED. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just don't love them to see side by side. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. So let's dive further into the Pentonic 2000. Like, this is super exciting. Like, I, I kept thinking to myself, um, it's not every day that you get to look at a TV, look at the spec sheet, and just like how we would look at a phone, we can actually pinpoint what that processor is. And now there's some real benefits, obviously, with the Pentonic 2000, 8K, um, higher refresh rates, even 144 or something like that, I believe, 144. Yeah, so go ahead and let's dive more into that. Like, what are some things that you really want to tell us about the Pentonic? So uh, on games, yeah, uh, I think that uh, with uh, PS5 and uh, new game consoles, you know, last year, uh, basically add a lot of excitement to our 4K 120 hertz. Uh, market. We also see a worse kind of games, not just from console cloud gaming. Uh, it was uh, talked about in the in the conference. Um, we see uh, games uh, moving to cloud. Um, I think uh, Nvidia has done a great job in terms of you know making AAA games in the cloud. You know the the revenue of Nvidia was actually you know going up almost two x 
right? So we see cloud gaming coming. Uh, we see live streaming coming. Uh, live streaming like concert and event is going to stream. And uh, 3D audio processing is, is going to be uh, pervasive. I think that Adobe Atmos um, has created situations where um, you, you can actually literally feel yourself in a stadium with uh, 30 mic capture you know, audio in the stadium mm -hmm. and it's basically projected 3D objects around, around, the, around the home. Um, and different speaker technology that you'll see in the next couple of years actually comes out that basically position uh, audio objects around the place. Um, you can hear actually you're in the stadium. You know, uh, I don't know whether you experienced that. I mean, it's really exciting. I have. Going forward, yeah. But would that be with like the built-in speakers? Because if there's one gripe I usually have with TVs these days, it's just that the speakers yeah. are not always the best. Yeah, I think that uh, right now, the, the problem with soundbar, for example, right? Soundbar is HDMI uh, hooked up uh, to, to the TVs. And that basically limits the soundbar strictly right next to the TV itself. And in order to project 3D audio, you have to do a lot of processing to throw the audio back to your sofa, right? Um, so with the speaker, I think, uh, you know, you see wireless speaker as Wi-Fi 6 come out, uh, then speakers left and right and augment the TV speaker because when the soundbar comes in, actually they disable the TV speaker. But now with the speaker uh, on left and right, you can augment the TV uh, speaker without a soundbar. Oh. So this is... Um, yeah, because they usually collide with each other and yeah. they're, they're not necessarily in sync all the time. Yeah, so there'll be new technology actually comes in that bring a new price point of the speaker uh, to 150 bucks. And you get much better uh, sound quality. Um, so th this is, you know, there, there are a lot of new things actually coming to TV now. No, pro probably what's, what's most shocking to me is the fact that you've got a more modern architecture on a TV chip than most, if not every single Intel laptop <laughs> out there. <laughs> like, why? Like, obviously, I could ask why, but I... I I guess that that's probably the reason why I'm most excited. Like, what does this enable? Because if people are going to hold on to TVs, and I learned the statistic the other day, people usually hold on to TVs for seven years. And so that's like the biggest, like, how can I, like, what's the vision of Pentonic? Because from that perspective, because it pretty much guarantees that my TV is already almost as, as power efficient as, most M1 chips right now on Apple laptops. It's just a completely different paradigm. So I, I think that, uh, you know, TV sort of like, you know, we don't see a lot of innovative applications in the past five, six years. Now yes. CPU performance with seven nanometer geometries, you got like two gigahertz A76. So now it's, it's coming to a platform where it just go to the thresholds where software can enable, like mobile phone has, you know, your mobile phones, a flip phone, yeah. Uh, then you can put software in and turn into a GPS. Uh, right. You can, you know, create camera. Um, I think the same applications will come in when you have good performance CPU, then you get more software being run on it, make the TV more useful, make TV more application-oriented, get the database, you know, personalize it, make it more useful. I mean, how many times I go to uh, a, 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 a laptop and I go to, like, you know, getting some browser and the passwords, right? And it change passwords every two months. And then, you know, with personalization of TVs, then it can make uh, TV more useful to you with more software and start cannibalizing all the other devices like the speakers. Uh, you can have new applications like security camera services. Um, I was about you know, to say, the smart TV of, should be your hub. Yeah, exactly. It should be the home hub. But like, if anything, the experience again five years ago was trying to type a password on those things. was you know, like, how oh many my times, How God. many times I go home and I have to look at a cell phone, right? right? But if you can actually go home and that data on your cell phone get transpired you know, into the TVs, 
forget the cell phone. My wife come on ask me, you know, I'm looking at a cell phone. Now I, I get TVs. I can actually take all the database from the cloud to the yeah. TVs, right? So I can actually like, you know, if you do video conferencing, I get all the all my contacts that is in the phone, transpire back to TVs. I can call my friends up using zip protocols and I can link up with video, right? I mean that you can see Many new applications to make right, TV the TVs useful. TVs currently can't do just yeah. because of the constraints. Yeah. Now, quick question: how How long do you think it'll take for us to start seeing Pentonic two thousand on on televisions? Uh, well, you know, TV cycles development is a little bit longer than cell phone. Mm -hmm. I think the, the the issues is that you know uh, we have to deal with these big screens. You know, you know, people have to look at good picture quality, right? Right. You know, uh, cell phone. You know. Once you, you get it going, you look at the battery power, that's about it. But on the TV, um, you know, we have to look at how to match the um, the processing with the panel itself. Quantum dot requires Y-color gamut, right? High-niche TV requires HDR tunings. Um, and then, um, so it, it, it takes a little bit longer. And also TV uh, requires shipment by boat. I mean, cell phone, you can actually air-freight it. So, I mean... That is so true. with the logistics that goes on right now, I I don't even know how the container works, you know, with the, with the <laughs> shipment. So um, I would well, say that probably still a few quarters out. Yeah, yeah. maybe a year okay. or so. Yeah, and they're all probably stuck right off the LA Bay right now. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I think that by the time you sh by the time they start shipping, Intel will still be at fourteen nanometer. <laughs> Well, you know what? Speaking of the processor, once again, specifically, this is a question that I thought of while uh, you were presenting. I wanted to ask it during the thing, but it's okay. Um, we have you here. Uh, so the Pentonic 2000, um, with all of these high-end specifications that it supports, the thing is not all TVs really support that just in case of their hardware. So it may not, it might be a 60 hertz panel, for example, or it might be a, not even a 4K panel. Do you have other processors or is it just this one that then gets downscaled based upon what the OEM provides? Um, are you, do you have other, other like let's say mid-tier Pentonics that are out there in the wild or are going to be out there in the wild? So uh, today's the Pentonic 2000 is the first member of the family of the Pen Pentomic families. But um, going forward, we see that actually um, we see this increase in CPU performance pervasive all across the entire next generations of TV SOCs. We do not understand how a software developer actually, to motivate a software developer to develop software, they don't want to optimize the software across the entire course range of the TV, right? Because they want to run one software running on 4K 60, 4K 120, oh. same CPU performance, same graphics performance. Oh, yeah. So so we, we have to make that drive. I think uh, MediaTek now it's like 65, 70% of the market. Mm -hmm. We need to make that move uh, to give the, the, the platform for the, for the software uh, developers to actually enjoy uh, the platform with you know, scalable performance without to deal with all this cost optimization. And, and of course, it means like a lot of the technologies that Alfred introduced with the Pentonic 2000, you know, whether it's the picture quality enhancements, the AI technologies, you know, we will be migrating those down to, to different tiers of products. Yeah. Okay. The video pipeline might be a 4K yeah. video pipeline, not an 8K video pipeline, yeah. or yeah, the yeah. CPU, GPU right. performance might scale, whatever. Yeah. But, but the idea is, yes, that they're, you know, we already ship products in all of these tiers. We will, of course, be introducing new products later. Got it. Okay, yeah. That was, that was my, my question, because whether or not the 1-2000 is going to be in everything, and it just is up to the OEM. No, I mean, this is, it's it. really a flagship. This is really a flagship. This is a very high-end this, this will be in the high-end, the highest-end TVs, yeah. I would yeah, expect. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah, but that makes listen, perfect sense. I'm, I'm glad it, here's the thing. I'm glad it will be, because the TV in my bedroom is 5K. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a $5,000 television. Yeah. And I have, I, like, it disconnects from Wi-Fi all the time. <laughs> it, like, 
it's it's just that. Like, if I'm going to pay that amount of money for a television, I want that thing to talk to me. I, I want it to make my coffee. I want it to treat me nicely. <laughs> AI technology will only get us so far. So no, but here's here's the thing. I mean, the fact that your the fact that all this horsepower will enable AI capabilities. From how I'm assuming that because of how AI can improve photography on a phone today, I assume that that's also going to play a major role in picture quality for the television. Correct? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay, because for me it's that. So I guess it's not just the horsepower. You also have the AI engine and the GPU. Picture quality improvements, noise reduction, super scaling, all that kind of. So thing. we use we use AI in many different fashions. You know, uh, picture quality is one. We use AI in audio. How many times you go to TV, they, they listen to news, and all of a sudden, somebody advertises cars, and the volume just go peak out. Oh, oh my right? God, yeah. So we can use AI to detect that and also balance the, the audio volume, for example. Um, for the audio impair, right? I mean, people that, you know, in certain age, you know, they cannot actually, um, you know, listen to a dialogue in a noisy environment. We can actually sort out uh, called voice dialogue separations and actually, you know, downtone uh, customize uh, the background audio, uh, so that you can actually hear the dialogue. I mean, there there are a lot of technology that we we use AI to explore, but we haven't deployed yet. Uh, but you can see that uh, there's a lot of stuff to come. Searching, right? I mean, basically, um, you know, to search contents, and not only just limit by Netflix or uh, CSPOTTs, but also linear TVs, right? Um, and also contents related to particular topics, in, including YouTube user-generated contents. Um, so make you know search of contents more useful. Uh, more easy to use, yeah. right? I mean, it's all about, you know, making a TV useful to you, so, so personalized you say, to you. You would say that Pentonic would enable be much better smart TVs than what we know. Instead of just considering the typical smart TV that we know, we could we say that these this will enable super smart TVs pretty much? Like you have all the power. Yeah. I think, I think that, uh, you know, uh, first of all, uh, MediaTek has to create a platform with enable hardware so that you know multiple video applications, multiple service applications uh, can materialize, right? Yeah. I mean, if we, we don't have that, then I, I don't think that we can attract enough software developers to develop software on it, right? Right. And then uh, with services, I think uh, we, see, we start seeing uh, services coming in, uh, communication services. I think that that adds tremendous value to TV. Right. Right. But I, For, but I think you're right, Jaime. It's a, it's a, we see it as a major step function. Right. right. I mean, you yeah. know, this is not an incremental improvement no. over yeah. what's out there. And, yeah. you know, I think Alfred, when he presented the, the product, you know, we're talking about a 4X improvement in, in CPU yes. performance, yes. a 5X improvement. In, in Which automatically means it's, your TV can do four times, times as much yeah. what it used to do yeah. Yeah. before Pentonic. And that's, you know, yeah. comparing it with what's out there today in the industry, sort of 4K, you know, mainstream TVs today. So it, it, it will be a big step forward. But beyond that, I think it's the AI technology that MediaTek brings. And then Alfred also talked about, you know, how we completely re-architected the video pipeline to allow all these new use cases and to deal with all these different video streams. And then, you know, that I think will reshape some of the experiences of what we do in the TV, you know, yeah. besides just watching TV. If you Exactly. Like. Well, everything you just said is why I asked earlier if we're going to see that labeling kind of come up because yeah. Pentonic could be that sub-brand that if I'm going to let's say a Costco or something and I'm looking at yeah. TVs and that Pentonic logo's right there. I know what I'm getting. I know what's yeah. going to be like that's the one to get. 
Um, but yeah, that was the reason why I was I was thinking yeah. about the sub brand. I mean, question we've just earlier. started. It would be nice to get there. That yeah. will take time. But yeah. yes, that's. I mean, also ultimately, we wanted to represent, you know, exactly what you're describing. That experience, like Pentonic, equates to. Right? Yeah. So that's exactly. why you won't see us sort of necessarily going back and using that label on older products that may not have these advanced technologies sure. or that are still shipping. You know, we'll continue to ship those, of course, but. You know, we will be deliberate about where we apply those brands as well. Yeah, definitely. Did you have more for? Uh, yes. Yeah. What What would you say is is right now? You're pretty much building for the TVs of the future. Um, could you tell me more about what the vision is? You know, right now you're 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 providing the enablement. You're giving developers the tools to build far better smart TVs. What's in the horizon that you can share? as your key priorities into improving the experience? Yeah, actually, um, you know, our vision actually is already shared uh, by many tier ones. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can see that um, Samsung already, you know, looking at basically video conferencing combining with other applications. Right. Right. Um, and also uh, for the new spec actually comes from, from tier ones uh, and also some of the uh, service provider actually talking about TV applications. Um, we see that um, scenario actually uh, are being in a SPAC in 2022, 2023. So I think that we're not very far off uh, in terms of, you know, Google Duo coming to TVs. Right. Zoom is looking at TVs, right? Video conferencing. Uh, you know, people are tired of looking to a, a laptop with a screen distance of about 12 inch. Right. And if you want to go to like, you know, you know, talking to grandma, you know, you, you cannot fit like three or four you know, faces, you know, it's squashed, right? On, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a sofa, you know, get to sit comfortably with a TV at six feet or seven feet, you know? Um, that is a totally different um, uh, user scenario. Uh, I think that um, as long as people see value and you make um, uh, the enablement, then I think that people use it and then applications will happen. I think it's really important to get enable new applications for TVs. Yeah, uh, but the, the enablement was the, was the bottleneck, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so we're going from the larger screens. We'll get to the smaller screens now, talking, of course, about Dimensity. Now, I've, I've been a big fan over this past year. Any phone that comes in, it says Dimensity uh, as the processor. I know I'm in for a good time. And it's it's great to see that leap in terms of that. Um, and, of course, on stage, you were talking about all these partnerships that you have. And there's that one slide that shows the Dimensity phones. I took a picture of it, so there's so many of them there. Can you talk a little bit, especially since a lot of our viewers and listeners, when they see a phone brand and then it's tied to MediaTek, there's always some sort of emotion that comes out. There's some sort of thought that might come out. And I love that we're bucking that trend due to Dimensity. Um, can you talk more about these partnerships that you have with the likes of Oppo and whatnot that have really driven uh, where Dimensity has gone? Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we're very happy with the success of Dimensity, as we've talked about over the last couple of days. I mean, we've, you know, tripled our 5G uh, shipments year over year, you know, shipping all kinds of tiers of, of 5G devices. Um, I think we've, we were, like I said, early with the 5G experience, we moved aggressively with technology into 7 nanometer, 6 nanometer, you know, new ARM cores like Cortex-A78. Um, we also introduced... Um, an SDK, DORA, our, our um, Dimensity Open Resource Architecture platform, which allowed OEMs to add more customization to the platform, which I think helped them as well. Um, so we've worked pretty closely with all of the major uh, Android OEMs, as you saw on this, this, the, the slide, as you mentioned, with all the different devices. Um, you know, I mean, we've had a great relationship with them for years. I think it's continued to grow from strength to strength, particularly as we've added higher tier 
um, Dementity products with more capability. I think that's going to take another giant leap forward next year with our flagship, the Dementity 9000 that we uh, introduced here this week. Um, but ultimately, you know, our job is to make sure we deliver great technology in these products, right? Whether it's the CPU architecture, the process technology, you know, as our CEO mentioned yesterday, the maniacal focus on low power is more and more critical in, in the mobile space, but it's critical everywhere as people are more aware of energy usage and energy efficiency and all this kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, obviously the things like the camera technology, um, and then allowing the OEMs and our customers and partners to really take advantage of that technology and ultimately for them to make great devices for their consumers. That's what the journey is about. Let, let's, let's, and let's talk a little further about Dimensity 9000 because you announced the first Dimensity when we were in Taipei. Um, and it was, a, <laughs> it was a... But it was a pretty modest start. Uh, it was not necessarily at at the same height as other competing chips, and I did like the 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 time that we had with your CEO and and with your team, where I, I loved how you expressed your awareness of it. We know you, you're going to be seeing great things down the road down the roadmap, but this is where we start. And it was the same thing with five G, which I, I even felt that your five G strategy was interesting because you were not adopting millimeter wave at the start. And your CEO was like very emphatic. We're we're not going to do millimeter wave. We're going to focus on sub six. And then it turns out that most carriers are still not doing millimeter wave by the time you're ready. So it's like wow, he knew exactly where where to be. It's like this is where we're going to start. This is where we're going to focus, and we're going to do it right. And so the result has been that Dimensity has handled five G and power efficiency better than most competitors. But now we've got the nine thousand. You're no longer below. You're the first four nanometer chip from TSMC. Um, the spec, you're, you're the world's first in a lot of things. And so this is like, this is like the hold my beer moment. Like the, <laughs> like the you know, it's, it's like the leapfrog pretty much. And, and I, I was very impressed by, by, by the spec card. Tell me more about like what the plan is. Because obviously it, it, it is really good bragging rights. Um, how do you see how do you see the the development and the and the execution of it? Great, no, thank you, and and thanks for the comments. I I appreciate it. I mean, you can imagine there's an awful lot of people and an awful lot of engineering teams who've put an awful lot of hard work into all of the various IP blocks that have have gone into Dimensity Nine Thousand, and you know it didn't just happen overnight, right? I mean, we've been building up this capability year after year for the last couple of years. But there certainly was a couple of years ago a deliberate decision made by our top management that we really did need to focus on, you know, being in the top tier of all of the not just in mobile, but in all of the segments we play in, right? So we'll talk about mobile, Wi Fi. We're already, I think, you know, well known as shipping the highest end on the on the T V side. Yes. So but it was a very deliberate decision, you know. The market is also kind of maturing. You know, the smartphone market is not growing in volume year over year. It's kind of flat. But the, the, the devices are trending up, right? I mean, you know, the average prices are going up. The average um, feature sets and capabilities are going up. As, you know, people all over the world are, you know, not first-time users, but, you know, repeat smartphone users. So there's kind of a natural trend towards, towards the higher end anyway. And so the flagship part of the market is something we were not really addressing at all. I would say we were, you know, nibbling at the edges of it maybe with some of the products that we had previously put out there and the lower parts of it perhaps, but we really wanted to focus on delivering that pure flagship experience. 
it's important for us, for the mobile business, it's an important part of the market that we want to target and grow over the next couple of years with, with our investments. But as our CEO Rick mentioned as well, and Joe, our president, it's also an important technology driver for us because it fuels a lot of the core technologies in connectivity, in computing, in multimedia, in imaging. And a lot of those technologies then we will leverage very quickly into a lot of the other spaces that we play in as well. So it's important as a technology driver inside the company as well as an important business strategy for us in our mobile space. Interesting, interesting. And, you know, since since you... Since you're mentioning Rick, I, I love his presentations, by the way. Funny guy. He's, he's awesome. <laughs> he, he's, he's really nice. But I, he did, you just repeated it right now. Like, lo, he kept saying low power. Low power. Like, what he, but he, he was pretty serious about that. He right? was pretty serious about it, but he didn't say why. And obviously, we know why. Like, we've, like, right now, for example, I, I think that Apple has pretty much literally turned the market around. it's funny how, you know, you would go to certain cultures, like for example, in India, I love how enthusiastic people are over there about the chip in their phone and the specs in in their phone. But you come to the United States and people don't really, they're not really about the chip as much as I see, you know, in in India, for example. And then Apple comes with the M1 and they automatically switch the button on, you should care about the chip on your product. You know, where in the past there was only like Intel inside or this. And, and, you know, there was this like paradigm of higher quality, lower quality. But, you know, I think that the, the probably the, the most important priority is not necessarily what branding, but the focus. And I, I really want to understand that focus, that low power focus, because it's, it's not just about performance, but it's, it's, it's about that performance per watt that enables these mobile products to be able to do so much with so little. Is that what we're expecting? Yeah, from and, I mean, I, yeah, and it's always been important. It's, it's always been, a, you know, we've always been a mobile consumer electronics company. So power consumption is always important, even if it's not a battery powered operation. You know, you have certain regulatory standards that force power consumption requirements on TVs, et cetera, right? Right. Um, you know, I think the world is ever more aware of, like, you know, energy issues, climate change issues. So power consumption, you know, is always an important driving factor. Um, so, but you have to build it in almost to the DNA. And I think that's why Rick was making it such an important statement. And he wanted you all to take that message away. A, because... We have to bake it into all of the individual IP blocks that we're building. So low power for 5G, low power for Wi-Fi, low power for CPU, low power for multimedia, all has to be there. It then has to come in at the system level as well. And that's where, you know, uh, we talk about like the way we make decisions on what size caches to put on the chips so we can sort of minimize the power consumption in the architecture. So you're now trading off, you know, silicon area and cost versus power consumption at the system level and trying to make those those trade-offs. And then ultimately working with partners like, you know, Micron for memory or whatever it might be to deliver the overall uh, important power efficiency. So I think it's it's always been important for the businesses we're in. I think yeah. as we look to the future opportunities, you know, and um, some of the new opportunities we see, whether it's in wearables or hearables or audio or whatever else, VR, AR, you know, low power consumption is going to be even more important, right? And I think that's what he was trying to emphasize, that for not just our existing businesses, but for future businesses, the power consumption um, dimension is always going to drive, you know, a big part of what we do. And, and I, I think that one last question, particularly for both of you, is um, 
what can we expect? But MediaTek has been probably the company that has democrat democratized technology the most. Like you, you've brought high power, high, high performance, low power consumption to again the mid tier. But this summit was all about. Well, you you announced a lot of products, but then you bring two major flagships that you had not done before. Should should we expect uh, a change in focus from a price point perspective, or will you continue with that aggressive mindset of of trying to bring this to more consumers? We um no, we will not back down from our focus on democratizing technology and bringing great technology to everybody. You know, even internally, we kind of joke about it. Like that has been our core mission from our founder from day one. That won't that won't change. But we sort of joke about it that, well, rich people need good technology too. So maybe we should bring, maybe we should bring flagship products to everybody so we can really bring great technology to everybody. So we really see it as an extension of the mission, not a change in the mission. I mean, the, the democratization, the mass market, the scale was the other word, if you remember, Rick used yes. yesterday. Like scale means volume, scale means reaching everybody. That's not going to change. That's great to hear because with the Dimensity phones that have been coming out recently, they're all still very competitively priced. And it would be great to see that continue even with the 9,000, even though you went from one to 9,000. <laughs> I don't think you need to do that with the phones either. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, flagship will mean flagship pricing. And, yeah. and obviously, the, the average selling prices of those chipsets will be significantly higher than maybe what we ship today. That's that's true. Uh, but there's a market for that. And, yeah. and it's a legitimate market. It doesn't mean we're going to back down from new mid-range and entry. 5G phones, you'll see more of us on that next year as well. Awesome. 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 We're good. Thank I have you. a bonus round question, actually, but we this doesn't have to be in the show. I was just curious, your partnership with AMD, and I know that this is, might be outside of the wheelhouse of the two that, that are in front of me. I'm just curious if that's going to blossom into anything outside of connectivity, because I'm excited to see those two brands just come together in general. Because in the TV side, there's AMD FreeSync. In the computing side, there's AMD Graphics and all of that. And right now, it's a connectivity thing. but could that blossom into more? I, 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 personal opinion, I think it could, right? I mean, you know, the more we sort of get to know each other and I think the more the two companies work together, you know, there are areas where we compete. Mm -hmm. Chromebooks is probably one, right? Um, but there's probably a lot more areas where we're synergistic than than competing, right? I mean, if you look at the the big gaming consoles, right? They they provide that. We provide a lot of the connectivity, right? Uh, you know, obviously, there's a we have a strong connectivity portfolio that can complement what they're trying to do on the the PC space. You know, so I think there's probably more areas for collaboration than anything going forward. So no. who knows? I, th I, I just, think as a gamer, I saw those two brands come yeah. together. I'm like, my worlds are colliding. I love it. <laughs> I see that you know, corporations going to the server side. You know, AMD is not just on on the client side; they're they're getting the server, and uh, we we start looking into video streaming. Scalable video streaming requires huge amount of investment on the server side in terms of encoding, downscaling, uh, rendering, split rendering between the cloud and a, and a, and a, and a client. So uh, there's a lot of cooperation I can see with AMD, at least on the TV yeah. side. No, no, and I really like when Rick was was asked about, you know, ARM being acquired by NVIDIA. And I just love his answer. He's like, well, they're going to bring more innovation. It's yeah. good. Like, I, yeah. I, I guess I, I really liked his mentality where it's like, we compete, but we don't have to. Like, it's it's not in, in, in our... It's not against our interest, so long as the innovation continues, I guess. There will be areas where we overlap and compete, and you know we'll manage that. And there are areas where it's probably better that we collaborate, right? And I think it's better for everybody if we can think figure that out. Think about cooperation as much as you can, you know, mm -hmm. uh, before declare everybody's a competitor. Yeah.
<laughs> Look forward to more content on the MediaTek processors that were announced and the technology that they are powering over on the various PocketNow channels. You can head over to pocketnow.com for the latest headlines. Find PocketNow on social media as we were actually posting from the MediaTek Summit, so you definitely want to see where we're going to be going next. And from there, you can also find PocketNow on YouTube. YouTube.com slash PocketNow for video content that's coming out basically every single day. Thank you so much for listening to the PocketNow Weekly Podcast this week. We had a couple of episodes here for you, including today's interview with a couple of our buddies from MediaTek. Thank you so much for kicking it with us. I'm going to go ahead and call it on this one. Thank you so much for uh, listening to this episode, and we will see you in our next episode.